Welcome to the start of another episode of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast from Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm John Nelson here in Atlanta. Last Friday, we came to you on GPB TV, gpb.org, and the GPB Sports app. Live from Tom Ryden Stadium in Buford. That's where the Buford Wolves knocked off Archer 29-28 in overtime. Close all the way into free football. Let's walk you through that game and all the others around the state. Take a peek at what's coming up this weekend. As always, joining me from Statesboro, my co-pilot Tommy Palmer down in the borough. Tommy, what is up? Oh, we had some dandies last week, and we've got some great matchups this week. Does it ever get any better? You know, we're at the midway point almost in high school football. That's what's so amazing to me. I know. That's the thing that blows me away. Now, you know that when 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 you and I were growing up, so basically like last Tuesday, there's always yes. those entertainers and artists that go by one name. You've got Madonna. Then in golf, it's Jack and Tiger. In high school football here in the state of Georgia, it's Winnersville. There you go. One name. Uh-huh. And, of course, we were sitting there thinking two high-powered offenses, so what happens? Uh, it's 24 to nothing. It's a shutout. Lounds over Valdosta. That was the, one of the amazing scores for me on Friday night show is that Valdosta did not score, and Lounds is just stellar. This is a good football team. Valdosta is a very good football team. It was 17 nothing, and then the Lounds got one late. 24 nothing. the final. I, I was surprised at the outcome. I, I, I won't deny that. Minus 18 net yards for Valdosta on the night. And I think that we might not have been surprised by who won a lot of these games from last weekend, but I think the margins were what surprised us. You want to go to the hog pen or do you want to go to middle Georgia for the next one? Let's go to the hog pen, then we'll go to Middle Georgia. How's that? Colquitt 31, Grayson 7. Shocker for everybody. 24 nothing. Colquitt had the lead, and then uh, Grayson got on the board. So 31-7 the final. J.C. Harden 19-28 for 216. Dejan Edwards just under 100 yards rushing. Set school records for career rushing yards and touchdowns. He also scored on a 48-yard catch to give him the 31-7 lead of the fourth quarter. Colquitt's fourth against a number one ranked team from the same classification. The others, 2011, 2012, 1985. So Colquitt County, Justin Rogers, they're humming right along. Yes, they are. Haven't missed a beat, and I don't look for them to miss a beat. I think they have that key game in the last uh, game of the region schedule, and we'll get into that in a few weeks. Warner Robins 39, Northside Warner Robins nothing. Shocker from the mid-state. Yeah, and I think that once again, not necessarily that Warner Robins won, but it was the margin and the fact that it was a 39-0 final. Jalen Addy, 16-26 for 198-2. Jalen Rutherford north of 100 yards. There was a pick by Sean Lewis that went for a score. Warner Robins was up 27-0 at the break. Amazing. Amazing. And this is a very good football team. And that just tells us a little bit more about Colquitt County, who handled Warner Robins pretty handily the week before. Pierce County was one of the teams, and so was South Effingham, one of the teams that we've been keeping an eye on early part of the season. Pierce County not missing a beat after last year's semifinal run, knocking off South Effingham for their first loss of the year, beat them by 14. 
Yeah, 42-28. South Effingham is a lot better than they have been with their new coach. They've really got into believing in themselves and have some quality football players. But I got to tell you, Pierce is just rocking and rolling. They're, I think the I think the confidence they gained from making it to the semifinals a year ago just rolled over no matter who was coaching. Uh, of course, Jason Strickland did a great job at Pierce. He's now at Ware, and uh, Coach Herring has just come in, and they have not missed a beat. This is a really good class AAA football team. And since you mentioned Ware, let's talk about Ware. Ware and Glen Academy, and for me, this was one of the cool moments of the weekend, where at Glen Memorial Stadium, the honorary captains were mm-hmm. children who were fighting pediatric cancer. And yeah. I thought it was a really cool thing for them to do and to have all of those honorary captains out there. But where in Glen Academy, once again, you talk about these regions of the state where they're not afraid to play each other in non-region playing just to go ahead and set them up and knock it down. It was where in Glen all over again. I tell you what, uh, some people don't really have a problem playing anybody, anywhere, anytime. And where is one of those teams? Where 35, Glen Academy 13. And, you know, it could have been the white helmets they wore the week before and then they returned to the red helmets. I'm not sure. But uh, I, I do know this. Glen Academy is a really good football team. And where obviously put on a great show on the road 35-13. And then you also talk about uh, two other coaches who aren't afraid to line it up and knock it down wherever. You're talking about Jeff Littleton at Bainbridge and Brad Harbour at Crisp. Crisp put up a good fight, but the defending champs got the Duke 14-9. I was going to call Bainbridge the Rodney Dangerfield of high school football <laughs> in the state of Georgia. <laughs> They don't get a lot of respect. They just keep winning. This was the number one team in 5A going into the season. And, you know, they're they're like sixth or seventh in the top ten in whichever poll you look at. But Bainbridge has played some really good football teams. Uh, coming to mind, I'm thinking of Brooks County, who really mm-hmm. put on a show the other night. Yep. Uh, you know, Bainbridge is a really good football team, and uh, they're, they're going to be there at the end in Class 5A, no doubt in my mind. And Crisp is going to be there in AAA, no doubt in my mind either there. So you mentioned 5A, our game of the week on GPB, Buford and Archer, and we had to go to free football before that one got decided among two friends with uh, Coach Appling and Andy Dyer. I tell you what you guys really need in doing these games. You need some close yeah, games. Exactly. You know, you, you, you know, <laughs> you know uh, that was the kind of game we expected. Buford 29, Archer 28, which tells me Buford's still very, very good. But it also tells me Archer is, is a team that belongs in the 7A top 10. No doubt about that. All right, let's talk about the games that will be this upcoming week. And you want to start on the coast with a team, I, I guess... Is it safe to say that Islands is still flying below the radar in the rest of the state? Yes, they are. And boy, you talking about some athletes. Islands got them. Jenkins has got them. And this is this is going to be one of those Thursday night games. And uh, I, I just think they're they're both really good football teams. And Islands probably would be the favorite in this one. And Jenkins would probably think they're the favorite in this one. This one's going to be one of those, okay, we're finished now. We can take these helmets off. But uh, 
it's going to be a good one. Absolutely no doubt this is going to be a great game on the coast, and our, no doubt. And our good friend Carl Damasi, the one of the architects of that Islands program, getting the, that school and that athletic program off the ground. That's going to be good to see Islands and Jenkins go at it. Let's stay on the coast for Camden and Glen Academy. You mentioned Glen Academy. Don't know what color helmet Rocky Hidalgo is going to break out, but they've got Camden this week. I would think they'd wear white. <laughs> they played well in white. Camden County just kind of flying under the radar in 7A. They don't get a lot of respect. But this is a football team that is playing for first or second in Region 17A. I think they'd like to stay home a little bit rather than making those 300-mile trips to Metro Pack Atlanta a lunch or and North a dinner Georgia. And the hard hat, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. They're, they're a good football team. And we mentioned Lowndes and Ware. Once again, two teams in non-region play who will just line it up wherever. And it's Lowndes and Ware County and Jason Strickland now with Ware and Franklin Stevens, and you go back as far as you can. Ware's not afraid to stand up to, to Lowndes at any point. They play so well at Memorial Stadium. Lowndes does not like to go play Ware in Waycross. No. At Memorial Stadium. I have no idea why. But if you think back, one of the teams that has given Lowndes trouble through the years is guess who? Ware County. Two in, uh, two in uh, the central part of the state. Swainsboro and Metter. I know that this one's flying below the radar and a lot of folks, but explain why Swainsboro and Metter is uh, another one of the hot games this week. They're abutting counties, Matter Candler County and Emanuel County. They're, they're probably 20 miles apart. Uh, they're in the same region. Uh, Metter has the turf stadium now, the the beautiful field. Swainsboro plays on grass. But Swainsboro was a really good football team last year, and they returned the nucleus of this football team. You won't find a better double-A football game in the state this week other than Swainsboro and Metter. I promise you that. And then you've got Bleckley in Dublin. Vaughn Lasseter and his new defensive coordinator, John Ford, going up against Roger Holmes in the Delaware wing tee. It's going to be interesting to see how they defense it. Nobody's been able to stop Dublin, and uh, – as I told you early on in the year, I think Dublin's going to be there at the end, that this is probably Roger Holmes' best football team since they shared a championship with Charlton several years ago. This is a really good football team, but Blackley County has their work cut out for them, and I'm sure they'll be ready. It's not because they don't have a great coaching staff, and you know as well as I do, Blackley County's got players, but so does Dublin. And and you and I think that 2A and 7A is, is probably as balanced as it's ever been. No doubt. And those are going to be two of the – they're all fun to watch. But 2A and 7A, especially come bracketology time, that one's going to be a fun peak when we get to that part of the season. Also in central Georgia, we're going to have uh, Hannah Gooden coming on in just a bit. She spent some time catching up with uh, the folks at Bear Down, and they've got Warner Robins coming off of that big win last week. That is true. Warner Robins and Hoko. Houston County, and I'm sure Houston wants to get back on the winning track, but I tell you what, Warner Robins is rolling. Warner Robins obviously really, really good here in 2019. Sandy Creek and Troop, and I think that this game might end at the time that we're talking this time next week because with Kobe Hudson and Troop and the high-powered offense that they have at Troop, Sandy Creek they're going to be chasing after it as well. I think that this one, you know, once again, it's like we talk about Wintersville. I think this one could be the, one of the higher scoring games of the week. 
I agree totally. Sandy Creek is back, you know, in the fashion that they have been for so many years. And troops still throwing the ball all over the place. Athletes everywhere. And everybody's still wondering how they lost that first football game of the year. But I still feel a lot of confidence in, in Troop. And I really think Sandy Creek is a great football team. All right, one other game that you've got on the radar. And to help us fill in on that and all the other stuff this week is our Hannah Gooden. Hannah, Tommy's last game on the board is our game for GPB on Football Fridays. That is MLK versus Stevenson, and for that we go to Halford Stadium for that annual rivalry. Nothing like the, nothing like these guys going at it. And Tommy, you've got Ron Gartrell and Stevenson, MLK with their best record since I want best start since I want to say 2012. So it's uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be a fun one with the, the Lions and the Jags. The thing that amazes me is athletes on both sides of the ball there's no shortage of athletes with either one of these football teams momentum will play a big part of what happens in this football game and if you're stevenson you don't want mlk to get that breath of fresh air and say here we go and on the other side of the ball mlk does not want stevenson to jump out to an early lead if, if this one stays close, you may have another overtime game. I hate to put it that way, but, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't want to wish that on you guys, but this one can go into if overtime. You it, if you wish it on us, it's good TV. There you go. It, it could go into two or three overtimes. Who knows? Hannah, what else is on your mind? I got a few questions for you guys about this game specifically. You know, these are two of the top teams in DeKalb County. This is the Region 4 6A opener for both of them. Tommy, you've given us a little bit of background on both teams, but MLK is 5-0 and after defeating Mundy's Mill, 41-25 to this past Friday. Stevenson is 4-1, and but coming off a bye week, so a week of rest. Do you guys think that gives the Jaguars any sort of of advantage in this rivalry game? Oh, I definitely do. Uh, anybody who gets a week off who's played a brutal schedule, yes. This When you have two weeks to prepare, you can see things that you normally don't get to see when you break down that film on Sunday or Monday. Yeah, the advantage goes to Stevenson for that. Stevenson leads this series 9-4 to and has won the last six games, but MLK head coach Deontay Lamar has obviously turned things around after going 1-9 and last year. What do you guys think about him and his second season with the Lions? Well, I mean, you look at folks like Jacoby Haynes, who threw for 195-4 and last week, and when you've got a talent like Haynes, who's dual threat, 195 through the air, 155 through the ground, then you have quality folks like DeQuandre Moore at wide receiver, Markwell Parks on the defensive side of the ball, who also plays both ways and was one of the receivers for the touch, one of the touchdowns that uh, Haynes threw. You're going to have, uh, I think that, that uh, the game goes into the fourth quarter. I think that, to Tommy's point, I think that MLK is going to be tested because Stevenson got that week off. And, you know, Tommy, you mentioned it. When you've got guys going both ways and you're playing in a, in a game that's going deep into the fourth quarter, I think it's going to be one of the first tests that MLK has had this season. I agree. I concur. But I will say this. doesn't matter what MLK did a year ago going 1-9. and nine. When you've got that winning streak going, remember this. Winning breeds winning. Time for the promo. 
Hannah, go for it. Kickoff is set for 7.30, like I said, Halford Stadium for the annual rivalry game between MLK and Stevenson. This game will be televised on TV. GPB Sports, and we will be streaming live on our website, which is gpb.org slash sports. We'll be streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and of course, the GPB Sports app. We will see you then. What she said. That's it for us today. I'm John Nelson. Thanks, as always, to my co-pilot, Tommy Palmer, down in Statesboro, and Hannah Gooden as well. Once again, you can reach us at gpb.org slash podcast. Subscribe to us for free wherever your favorite podcatchers are and where your podcasts are found. You can also find me on your Amazon smart speaker, where I run down the top five teams of the week, just say to your smart speaker, hey, Alexa, ask GPB for John's top games of the week. Once again, you can follow the GPB sports team on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube. Once again, Friday, Stevenson, MLK, 730, Halford Stadium. Book them, Dano. Hope you can join us. Our podcast is produced by the irreplaceable Sean Powers. The Football Fridays in Georgia podcast is a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. Play it safe, everybody. We'll see you at the game. <laughs>